I have great news. I couldn't wait to share this with you. I got an email last week from a lawyer in Nigeria who's representing a prince over there who's dying and has no heir to his family fortune. So he chose me to give it to. Can you believe that? $10 million. My problems are over. Not to mention, the church will get at least 10% of that. So its problems are over too. This place can continue down, on down to the last member, which will probably be the pastor, whoever that is. All I got to do is give this lawyer my bank account number so he can wire me the money. You don't seem as excited as I am. I'm partly right, though. I do have an inheritance. So do you. It's not from a prince in Africa. It's from a tent maker in the Middle East who's long since died. He's good old father Abram. Later, Abraham. In his native language, his name would have sounded more like Avram. See, in the old Semitic languages, the, the, the B was a soft B, so it's more like a V. So, Avram. Translated, it means the Father is held in high regard. Not God our Father, but most likely some pagan deity. You see, Avram was from Ur, where Iraq is now, and his parents were cult members who worshipped a moon god. This is most likely why the true God gave him a new name, Avraham, to clearly separate Avram from his old pagan roots. This is the man God chooses to start a new nation of people, people who would know and love the God of truth and be a light to all the other peoples of the world who worship false gods. They would be his people. He would be their God. Now, God could have chosen any man from any part of the world to do this. He could have chosen a man on the African continent or East Asia, even the Americas, because there were people on this side of the globe then, lots of people. But God chose a man from the city of Ur, which seems to have sat smack in the spot where God had made the garden for the first two people. Perhaps that's why God chose a man from Ur to restart a relationship with humans, because that's where he originally placed the first human being. But that's not as important as the role Abram would have in God's overall plan of redeeming the world from sin. Abram would work and make good money in the tent business. He had a wife, <coughs> and God came to him and told Abram, his plan, his promises to him, that he would make Abram the father of a great multitude of people. But the years went on and nothing happened. He and his wife got old and she couldn't have children, no matter how hard they tried. In fact, the wife, Sarai, gets so frustrated by all of this, she gives Abram a maid to sleep with so that she can have his child. You know, to just get something going, at least make something happen, because it, it seemed that God had forgotten his plan. Their future was uncertain, 
and they didn't understand why God had seemingly given up on them without a word. Uncertain future. I tell you from experience, when a preacher needs to pick a malady or a problem in our lives to bring our sin to mind on any Sunday, he can never go wrong with uncertain future. It's like, what should I talk about this Sunday, you know? Hitting the bottle, the beer can too many times lately, well, not everyone does that. Cheating on the spouse, well, not everyone does that. Pornography, oh, not everyone's into that. Abortion, gay rights, separation of church and state. Seems uh, one person's understanding of sin is another person's understanding of virtue. I know. Uncertain future. Everyone can relate to that. Every one of us struggles to reconcile the happenings of our day with what God says our future holds for us, and we lose trust and hope. Need I even mention the problems in the world today which make our future seem uncertain? I'll tell you, the kids that came to our vacation Bible school last week are not clueless when it comes to uncertain future for them. They're well in tune with what's going on, and many of them voice their concern to me about death. Everything seems to be, the consequence could be death. What a fun subject to talk about with kids. But you know, death is real. And there's nothing better than talking to young people about the real things in this life. Thankfully, unlike previous years, I didn't have any child look me in the eyes and tell me, I hate God. That didn't happen. In fact, the child who said that to me two years ago was here again. And man, it looks like she's come a long way in the faith. One boy did tell me, however, that the devil is in his head and talks to him. He said the devil was talking to him at that moment that we were speaking. And the boy asked me if there was something I could do about it. So I placed my hands on his head and I ordered the devil to leave the boy in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how the guys did it in the book of Acts, isn't it? I mean, it seemed to me at that moment, theirs was the best example as to what I could do. The boy said things were better after that. Next day, he said that while he was in bed sleeping the night before, Satan's voice was replaced by an image of Satan and Jesus duking it out in some sort of hand-to-hand combat or something. And he was afraid that Jesus would lose. So I told him he needn't worry. Jesus has already won the battle for him. Another little boy got so excited about baptism when he learned about it, he baptized himself at the faucet on the drinking fountain out in the grove. And I didn't see him do it, but he came up to me afterwards, all drenched from his head down to his shirt, and he said to me, I baptized myself. Did it work? I said, well, like we had talked about earlier, you should have someone do it to you. He said, will you baptize me? Of course, I said. Some say the church isn't relevant anymore or doing anything important in the community. But I say two lives were saved by the Holy Spirit in one day here in this place because we had a VBS. Maybe more were saved throughout the week because of what they heard. I don't know. But I do know our inheritance 
is theirs too. And what's the inheritance? A bright and enduring future during the uncertainties of this world. You have a place as a son or daughter within the father's house. In the ancient world, including the Israelites, the firstborn son of the family was promised to receive everything the father owned after his death because the son was the one who was going to keep the family line going. That's still how it works in some societies today. But to our American ears, if you hear son in Scripture when it comes to inheriting a place in our Heavenly Father's kingdom, daughters receive the same promise. Abraham's future seemed impossible. 75 years old and no kids, no heir. You heard about that other guy, Eliezer, some household servant or friend. He was going to be the heir. God said, no, he's not the heir. Abram's wife was well past childbearing age, but their impossibility was made possible by God. God did give them a son, Isaac. And from Isaac came other sons, on down the family line to a greater son yet, God's son, Jesus Christ. He makes you and I an heir to the Father's house. Abram hoped for a son and was given one, and billions more, as many as the stars. They are Israel and all the Gentiles who believe, you and I included. Jesus is one of those stars, which Abram saw in the night sky when God showed him all the descendants that would come from him, starting with Isaac. That's why Jesus is sometimes referred in the scripture as the bright morning star. You can look into the night sky, see the stars, and know there are as many stars as people in your Christian family. All the saints who have gone before us, all of us now, and those to come. What a beautiful fellowship, huh? Isaac is from Abraham. Jesus is from Abraham. Miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit and Mary, a virgin, nevertheless, his earthly father, Joseph, descended from David, who descended from Abraham. And the church is from Abraham. We are a great and mighty family, thanks to God. We aren't the first to have worries and struggles and problems, but we have inherited eternal life in our Father's house, which means heaven, the new earth, and all that encompasses. It was credited to Abraham first because Abraham believed in what God said. And it's been credited to, credited to us by God's Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. We have a future and a hope. It's a rich inheritance from God our Father who loves you. It was given to Abraham and passed down to you so you may also believe. Amen.